Hey, Larry here. Acts 29 today. I want to thank you for tuning in today. Hanging out with me for a few minutes. We'll be uh, continuing on with my testimony. And uh, finding out what happened on my trip from uh, Southern California back up to Portland. So thanks for tuning in. We'll just uh, <clears throat> go on with the next uh, the next part of uh, my testimony, and uh, we'll uh, take that trip up north and find out uh, what happened along the way there. I I was waiting for that uh, that shipment of uh, marijuana to come in. that one kilo that I was supposed to deliver up north to Vancouver. So <clears throat> I, uh, I was waiting on that, but then something happened and uh, it kept getting delayed and delayed and it, it, uh, it just wasn't coming in. And so finally, you know, I was just tired of waiting and I said, well, you know, I got to get out of here. So I canceled the order and uh, jumped in my V-Dub bug one morning and uh, split the scene, as we would say in those days. And I uh, was on my way to uh, up to Portland and Vancouver. Well, this was in uh, January of uh, 1972. And if you've ever had an old Volkswagen bug, you know one thing about Volkswagens in those days. They didn't have a very good heat system. In fact, it was horrible. And most of the times, you couldn't even get any heat out of that system. And so it was, uh, it was cold, you know, <clears throat> and, uh, it was really cold in that bug. I had my coat on, my gloves on, and other than a few hits of speed in the glove box, some crosstops, <coughs> I didn't have any drugs in the car at all, other than that, and, uh, so I was up by Sacramento, going north, and the freeways are quite a ways apart there. I mean, the median across there is probably the 
you know, 50 yards, half of a football field across to the other freeway. And it's flat and there was, you know, no trees in the middle. Well, I was, I was going north and I saw this CHP going south, this California Highway Patrol in, a, in his car. And, and then a little bit later, I see these flashing lights behind me and it's this CHP and he's pulling me over. You know, and I was doing the speed limit and everything, no problem. So he stops me and, uh, you know, wants to see my license and all that. And I have all that. And uh, so then he asked me to get out of the car. And I asked him, I said, well, I said, well, why are you stopping me? And he said, uh, you got loud pipes. <clears throat> I said, loud pipes. You know, he was talking about my exhaust system on the car, and it was nothing. I mean, it, it was a modified exhaust system, but, you know, they were anything but loud. And he couldn't have heard anything from that far away anyway. You know, so I knew because, you know, he could obviously see I was a hippie. And, you know, he was stopping me and looking for drugs. So he he looked in the car pretty thoroughly and he pulled out the back seat where I would have had the the kilo of marijuana underneath the back seat. And, uh, yeah, I'd have been busted for sure. And so I was like, wow, glad this shipment didn't come in. And so, you know, he looked all around and he even opened the glove box and he he just kind of, you know, he he didn't even take anything out. He just looked in there. He didn't really see anything. And the tabs of speed was in a baggie underneath some maps and a bunch of stuff. So he never found that. So then he put everything back together and, you know, I'm standing outside and it's cold. And so then he says, well... He said, good. He said, you know, you got a clean vehicle and everything's good. He said, looks like you're a little cold. He said, uh, why don't you come up and sit in my car for a few minutes? I got to do a report on all this. He said, come up and sit in the car for a few minutes and get warmed up. And I was like, uh, wow, me, me sitting in a CHP car. I don't think I want to do that, but, um, uh, but I thought, well, you know, he's he's being pretty nice, and it, it might be better. So, so I went up, got in, and uh, we talked for a little while, you know, and <laughs> it was it was pretty weird. But I got warmed up a little bit, and uh, and then I went on went on my way. The rest of the trip was uneventful, although I was freezing because then I had to go through the mountains you know, where it was really cold, and uh, on up to Portland. So when I got up to Vancouver there, Washington, I had some hippie friends that had rented a house, and they said, well, you know, just come and stay with us. And they were some of the drug people I was doing business with anyway. So so I went to the house, and I was, I was staying there in the house with my hippie friends, and... But I just kept thinking about, I couldn't stop thinking about this 
you know, God made the sunset thing. And that was forever on my mind. And I just couldn't get it out, you know. In fact, whenever I could see the sun, which you don't see very often in the great north wet because it rains all the time and it's cloudy all the time. But if perchance the sun happened to be visible, uh, I would go somewhere where I could try to see it set, even though it wasn't anything like, you know, down at the ocean in California. I would still try to see the sunset. And even to this day, uh, you know, 40 some odd years later, if the sun's setting, I will still stop everything I'm doing and go watch it set because it literally saved my life for eternity. And in fact, the Word of God says that the creation, God's creation, is the witness to all men, mankind, everywhere in the world that there is a God. Because everybody can see the sky and the sun and the moon and the stars and the trees and the animals and all of the stuff that man did not make. And so it's all there as a witness. It's all there proclaiming and screaming out every day. You see this? This is God. God made this. This is his sign to you that he's there. Because this stuff didn't just magically appear from a big bang. <coughs> and so people have to deal with that. And there will be no excuse on that day because the witness was here in its creation. That's why people love nature so much. That's why they go out and go into nature. They go into the forest. They go into the oceans, the deserts. They go out into God's creation because it's peaceful, it's beautiful. And that's why they go there, to get away from all this stuff that man made. But they don't figure out that that's what God made. <clears throat> and so they're trying to save the planet, the earth, the natural earth. They're trying to save the, the trees and the, the animals and the oceans. They're trying to save God's creation. And they're trying to save everything but mankind. So they worship the creation rather than the creator. And that's what it says in the Word. They worship the creation rather than the creator. They make images of birds and animals and all kinds of stuff that God created, and they worship that instead of the creator. And I had a, you know, later on in life, I had a, somebody knocked on the door one day, and I went and opened the door, and it was a guy from Greenpeace. Greenpeace. And he was talking to me about saving the whales, and before he could get 10 more words out of his mouth, I said, hold on, dude. Uh, hold on. You want to save the whales, but 
you don't want to save the thousands of people starving in uh, sub-Sahara Africa. You know, you don't care about people. You just care about animals. I said, you probably should leave now. Uh, that would be the best thing you could do. And uh, he kind of kind of took off. So, you see, people are trying to save everything but mankind. And that's why they love nature. That's why they go out and spend time in nature. And they go camping. And they go to all these beautiful places that God made. But they fail to see that it's God <coughs> that made all this stuff. And so, anyway, I'm I'm in Vancouver living with these hippie friends of mine. And one day, uh, we were sitting around, you know, smoking some weed and just our normal day. And a lady came by and, and rang the doorbell. And somebody went and answered the door and she said she'd like to talk to us... Uh, about the Bible. She had a Bible. And these guys were like, you know, oh, well, uh, yeah, sure, come in. So <laughs> they invited her in. And she sat down at the kitchen table and everybody else was kind of in the living room. So I went over and sat down at the table with her and she began to tell me the whole, the whole deal about God and all this. And then, um, you know, I thanked her and she left. I didn't tell her about the sunsets and all this stuff. So, that was, uh, you know, that was just life. But the thing was, is that... I could not get this thing out of my head about, you know, Jesus and, and were these people right and I was wrong and, you know, what in the world could all this possibly mean? So, <clears throat> so one morning I got up and I was in the shower and I was thinking, I have got to find out what this Jesus thing's all about, you know. I have got to find out. Because if it's true and there's something to it, well, then I need to find that out. If there's nothing to it, then I need to find that out too and get on with my life. And, uh, you know, maybe I will partner up with these people that want to get a sailboat and bring up cocaine from South America and get on with the business. So, I was in the shower, and I just thought, well, I I remembered kind of the basic prayer that they talked about when I had gone to to church as a, uh, when I was younger with my mom, and so I thought, well, let me just, let me just try this, you know, and so I, I just, I just said, uh, well, Jesus, you know, I don't know if you're real. 
I don't know, you know, I mean, I know there's a God, but I don't know exactly how the rest of this stuff works. But if you are real, then please show me that you're real somehow. And so I, I just ask you right now, if you're real, will you please come into my life and show me that you're real? Um, I just ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I invite you to come into my life and, and, and just show me that you're real. And if you're real, <clears throat> you know, then I will, I will go on and do whatever I need to do uh, <clears throat> in my life because you're real. So I invite you to come in now and, uh, and show me if you're real. And that was it. But in the next second, I physically felt like 10 kajillion pounds of concrete had been lifted off of my life, off of my body. I just felt this tremendous weight was poof, gone, just gone. And I was like, wow, what was that? And I just felt, I felt light, I felt clean, I felt invigorated, energized, and just amazing. You know, I mean, I, I literally felt like I was a new person. Just in those few seconds, all this happened. And I was like, wow, what in the world was that? What happened? And I, you know, I got out of the shower and I was thinking, what in the world is going on? You know, and I mean, I felt so different. I just felt so different. And I thought, wow, I wonder if I, I wonder if I just got saved, you know, or what they call saved, you know, because I didn't really know what that really was. And so then I thought, well, man, <coughs> I, I need to, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I need to, uh, I need to go out and see my mom, you know, she'll know, she'll know what happened. So, you know, I got dressed and then, uh, jumped in the V-Dub bug and, uh, beat feet out to my mom's house. And I came in the door and I said, hey, mom. She said, hey, son. How are you doing? Uh, want some breakfast? Anything I can get you, you know? I mean, it was the, always the same loving stuff from her. And uh, I said, oh, no thanks. I said, I, I just wanted to ask you something. And I said, I was I was taking a shower this morning, and I said, I, I, uh, I, pr I, w I prayed 
to find out if this Jesus thing was, was real or not. And I invited him to come into my life and forgive me of all my sins and stuff. And I said, I just felt this, like this tremendous weight leave my body, leave my life, you know. And I said, I, I don't know exactly what happened, but I knew you would know. She said, wow. And she just was praising God, you know, just praising God and crying. And she grabbed my hands and she said, son, she said, you just got born again. You just got born again. You just got saved. Jesus is real. He came into your life. Now you're a believer. And you're born again. Your spirit that was in darkness and death has been recreated and brought into the light. And now it's full of life, eternal life. And she went on to, you know, share with me about all that stuff. And, uh, wow. It was amazing, right? I mean, so, so amazing. And, you know, we we just had a time. And, and I stayed there with her for a long time. And she just was explaining all this stuff to me. And, uh... Wow, it was it was something else. So, boom, there I was, man. I was born again. I was finally in the kingdom. And this all was about just almost to the day, three years after she had prayed her last prayer about her family and believed that she had received us all into the kingdom. And so... Uh, I'm just going to leave it right there for now, and uh, I'll continue on next week with, with uh, what happened next. And so, uh, I want to thank you for tuning in <clears throat> this week. Thank you for tuning in this week, and uh, we will continue on next week with what happened right after I got born again, and uh, there's still a lot to share and some very exciting things that happened. So uh, this is Larry Axe 29 today. God bless you. We will see you next time. <laughs>